that he found that there were already Christians in the city living there. And when he met them, he asked them, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they looked at him and they answered and they said, no, brother, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Frankly, I'm afraid that's where most of us in the church are today. I'm afraid that's what a lot of Christians would say today. We've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. We seem to know a lot about God the Father. We seem to know quite a bit about God the Son. But the Holy Spirit, that's another story. We hardly know Him at all. And it's to our detriment. We've tried to answer some questions over these last couple of months about the Holy Spirit. We've tried to answer the question like, who is He? What's He like? What does He do? How does He work? Why did He come? We've taken a stab at answering all of those questions because they're important questions. But today I'm going to focus on the very most important question of all. How can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? You see, it's all well and good to have your head full of knowledge, but what we need is an experience with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We not only need to know who He is, we need to have our lives filled with His presence. If we can learn the answer to this question, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? If we can learn the answer to this question, and if we can live by the principle that uh, the answer, I think we will discover a source of supernatural power that will help us live every day for the glory of God. We live so far below the life that God intends us to live in Christ Jesus. If you want to elevate your life, if you want to learn to live that abundant life that we're created to enjoy in Christ Jesus, then you've got to know the answer to this question and you've got to put the answer into practice in your life. How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? So today, that's the question I want to focus on because this really is the greatest need of our life, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the greatest need of our life, to be filled with with the Holy Spirit. Andrew Murray said this. Andrew Murray was a great South African pastor from years ago. He said this. He said, men ought to seek with their whole hearts to be filled with the Spirit of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, it is utterly impossible that an individual Christian or a church can ever live or work as God desires. As God's people, we need to discover how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then we need to learn how to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. So let me start off by asking you a personal question, and this is a question only you can answer. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? We're going to just look at one verse today. Ephesians 5.18. We're going to dive into this verse, and hopefully from it we'll discover how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. How we can be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says this. I'm going to give you three different translations, uh, three different English translations of what the Scripture says, because I think each of them adds a little bit of uh, uh, perspective. The NIV says it this way. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
The New Living Translation says it this way. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. And I ought to get a big amen in this one. <laughs> Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I love what the Message Bible has to say, or the Massage Bible, as Ed likes to refer to it. Don't, <laughs> I know, Ed, man, Ed, where is he? Uh, he's probably working with kids, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I figured. Ed, Ed loves the Massage Bible. Don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. I ought to get a big amen. amen. Drink the Spirit of God, and I love what it says here. Drink the Spirit of God, huge drafts of him. It's like Donald Trump wrote that line. Huge drafts. Huge drafts of him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory and the praise. And Lord, I cannot in my mind conceive of a more important message for this wonderful group of people that are gathered. Help me to just get out of your way. Speak through me today. Help us catch hold of what you're trying to tell us. Help us to catch hold of what you're saying to us. It's truth and it's power and it's implications. And help us, oh God, stir up, stir up inside of us a hunger and a thirst for your spirit that cannot be quenched. We've been addicted to so many other things, Lord. We want to be addicted to your spirit. We want you to fill our lives. We want to be controlled by you. Oh, Father, help us today to let go of any distractions, to let go of any misconceptions or presumptions about who you are and how you operate. And instead, Lord, just replace all of that with a hunger and a thirst for more of you in our lives. Help us to put into practice what we hear today. To live by its power. To live in its power. To live by its, by its truth. And we'll give you the glory and the praise for it, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you that Thank you that I'm only the messenger and you're the one that does the work. Give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start off just by making five brief observations uh, about this verse, about what it says, about what the Lord wants us to, uh, to hear when he, when he talks about being filled with the Spirit. First of all, the, the first observation I want us to, to get hold of is this. I want you to notice the contrast between the Holy Spirit and wine. I want you to notice the contrast between wine and the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a direct parallel. There's a direct parallel between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Drunken people and Spirit-filled people have one thing in common. Drunken people and Spirit-filled people have one thing in common. They are a controlled people. There is an overriding influence in their life that makes them do what they do. Act the way they act. Perceive things the way they perceive them. Drunken people and spirit-controlled people have one thing in common. There's something in control of their life. They're both controlled people. And their lives and their behavior are being radically controlled by that which fills them. A person under the influence of wine experiences altered drinking and behavior. I ought to be getting amens all through this little paragraph here. A person under the influence of wine experiences altered thinking and behavior. He or she says things or does things they wouldn't ordinarily say or do. 
their emotions can be like a roller coaster up and down and up and down. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Mental processes get affected by the alcohol. Judgment becomes impaired. Decision-making abilities are hindered. And it usually results in a lot of negative consequences. I ought to get a big amen right there. Because that's what alcohol does. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin you. Yep, it says that right there. Let me tell you this. Likewise, the filling of the Holy Spirit brings about all kinds of changes in behavior, changes in emotional states, and changes in thinking. But the changes that come with the filling of the Holy Spirit are always positive, always beneficial, always work for your good and the good of the people around you. Ephesians 5, if you go on and read the rest of that chapter, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, gives us a, 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 lo- a list of changes that we can expect from being filled with the Spirit of God. Verses 15 and 16 talk about wisdom for living in the age that we live in. Wisdom for living. Anybody want some? Be controlled by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Verse 17 says that one of the benefits we derive from being filled by the Spirit is we have we, we come to understand God's will. Anybody? Verse 19 says that we receive a joyful heart that's filled with singing to the Lord. Anybody? Anybody? No more woe is me, sorrowful songs. Instead, no, we're filled with songs that sing of the joy that we've experienced in Christ Jesus. A heart that's, that's controlled, a, a, a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit receives a heart that's filled with thanksgiving. No more complaining, but thanksgiving. In verse 21, we're told that one of the benefits from being filled with the Spirit is an attitude of mutual submission. That means that that we experience and enjoy humility and harmony in our relationships. We learn to get along. Boy, we need more Spirit-filled people in this world, don't we? We need more Spirit-filled people in this church, don't we? We need more Spirit-filled members like that in our families, don't we? Look, when the Holy Spirit fills you, when the Holy Spirit fills you, this verse tells us that He gains the controlling interest in your life. You will decrease. He will increase. I want want you to to think about it this way. I, I think sometimes we get our thinking kind of messed up, but this is really the way I want you to think about it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't really about getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit getting more of you. I'm going to say that again because I want you to write it down. I don't even think I put it up there, did I? I'm sorry. I want you to write. Being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't really about getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit getting more of me. He increases you decrease. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is simply to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Like wine controls a drunken person, the Spirit of God controls a Spirit-filled person. The second observation I want to make from this verse is this. It's a command. It's a command. When this verse says, be filled with the Spirit... It's an imperative. It's a command. It's spoken as if it's a command from the Lord. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. 
Every Christian is to be filled with the Spirit all the time. It's a command. John MacArthur said this. John MacArthur said this. If we do not obey this command, we cannot obey any other. Let me, if we do not obey this command, we cannot obey any other, simply because we cannot do any of God's will apart from God's Spirit. Let me step aside for just a minute. The reason so many of us continue to fail in the same areas of our life is because we're trying to obey God in our own strength. Can't do it. Unless the Spirit gives you the power to obey God, you're going to fail every time. So if we do not obey this command, we cannot obey any other simply because we cannot do any of God's will apart from God's Spirit. Outside of the command for unbelievers to trust in Christ for salvation, there is no more practical and necessary command in Scripture than the one for believers to be filled with the Spirit. John MacArthur said it, so it must be true. Third observation. It's in the present tense. It's in the present tense. It has the idea of a continuous action. You could translate the verse this way. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. MacArthur said it could be translated this way. Be being kept filled with the Spirit. Be being kept filled with the Spirit. It's not a one-time event. We've got to, we, I wish, that's, I think that's one of the hurdles we all have to overcome. Yes, I'm filled with the Spirit. Well, are, are you filled with the Spirit today? No, but I was filled with the Spirit when I was six years old. I remember it. What good is, a six, what good is it when you're 35 and you had a, a, fill, a filling experience with the Spirit of God when you were six? What good is that today? It's no good at all, frankly. This is supposed to be an ongoing experience in our life. We are to be continually, constantly, moment by moment, filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. What happens yesterday doesn't matter once yesterday is gone. What matters is today. Are you filled with the Spirit today? You get that? Please, you got to get that. It's a moment by moment experience. It's not a one-time thing that happens years ago when you live off of that. No, the Bible says His mercies are made new every morning. There has to be a surrender to the Lord and a controlling by the Spirit moment by moment as we live for the Lord. Today. So it's in the present tense. That's the third observation. The fourth observation is this. It's in the passive voice. It's in the passive voice. What, what does that mean, Pastor Mark? It means that we don't fill ourselves but we permit the Holy Spirit to fill us. We cannot fill ourselves with His Spirit. All we can do is make ourselves available to Him so He can fill us. The verse does not say fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. It says be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is really important we understand this. The filling of the Holy Spirit is God's work, not ours. It's God's work. It's not ours. We're just containers that need to be filled. We're just containers that need to be filled. 
You can't gin up the work of the Holy Spirit in your life by singing certain songs, listening to certain preachers, doing certain religious things. The Holy Spirit must be the one to do the filling. You're just the container that needs to be filled. Fifth, it's a plural command. It's a plural command. Now, we Southerners ought to get this. It's as if the verse says, y'all be filled with the Spirit. You get that? Y'all be filled with the Spirit. It's not directed to you as an individual. It's also directed to the entire church, the corporate body. God intends each and every one of His children to be filled with the Spirit. It's a corporate command. It's a command intended for all of us, not just a personal one. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not just to build each of us up personally, it's intended to build up the whole church corporately. Each of us, each of us is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but each of us is not to be filled alone. You see, as the Holy Spirit fills us up one by one, that means our corporate church life will change. It takes on our corporate church life. As we are individually filled up together, our corporate church life will take on a completely different flavor. We're going to enjoy and experience a completely new kind of energy, a new kind of passion, a new enthusiasm, a new life. We get to live it together as we allow Him to fill us up personally and He fills us up together. It's amazing what happens to the corporate life of a church, which helps explain, listen, it helps explain why one church appears to be more alive than another church. You, that explains the difference sometimes, often, as to why one church appears to be alive and vibrant and, and, and vitality is flowing and there's a passion for the Lord and a passion for His Word and a passion for His work in one church, but the other church is like, it's just kind of existing. They're reading the same Bible. They sing the same songs. They even, in some cases, have the same kind of programming available, but one is like, on fire for G And the other one's just like, set on cruise. You know what makes the difference? The Holy Spirit filling God's people. And I don't know about you, I never want to be known as a dead church. And it's going to take all of us, all of us, being filled by the Spirit to make this church what God wants it to be. Each and every one of us needs to be filled with the Spirit, not just for our own sakes, but for the sake of the church. So those five observations, I think, are important as we come to the conclusion. And yes, it's very, very brief. Aren't you guys glad? Praise God. Wish you preached like this more often. Okay, well, here we go. Made those five observations, and I want to just preach, just share a, a, just a short summary of what I think this means. I want to summarize what I believe it means to be filled with the Spirit. First, it's all about control. It's all about control. To be filled with the Spirit is to live life under the control of the Spirit. And my question is, what's controlling you? Who is controlling you? It's not about... Being filled with the Spirit is not about having an emotional experience, although you may have emotional experiences when you're under His control. 
To be filled with the Spirit is not about achieving some kind of super-Christian status. Although if you're under His control, you're going to become more Christ-like. Being filled with the Spirit is nothing more than the normal Christian life lived moment by moment under the Spirit's control. That's all it is. It's a normal Christian life lived under the Spirit's control. Frankly, it's God's plan for our lives. God wants us to be filled with His Spirit. That's His plan. We are to be, if you remember, continually, constantly, moment by moment, filled with and controlled by the Spirit of God. He has promised it to us. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. He has commanded us to be filled with the Spirit. So there's no doubt in my mind that God stands ready God stands ready right now, and He is willing right now to fill each one of us with His Spirit, and He will continue to, to fill us with His Spirit as, he, uh, as we go through this life. That is His plan. That is His desire. Promised it, commanded it. He's now given us the resource. He's given us the Spirit of God. He has poured out His Spirit upon all flesh so that we can experience the outpouring of that Spirit in our own life. It's ours. He's ready. He's willing to fill anyone and everyone that will come to Him and ask with His Spirit. That's His desire. That's His heart. That's who He wants us to be. And that's what He's made possible for us. Listen, we don't have to beg. We don't have to beg to be filled with the Spirit of God. You don't have to beg. He wants all of His children to be filled with the Spirit of God. The question really is this. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit of God? He's ready. He's willing. He wants to pour out His Spirit upon you. Do you want Him to fill you with His Spirit? And that's the rub. It's about control. It's also about cooperation. It's about control. God wanting to control your life. God wanting to set His throne up in your heart, fill your life with His presence. It's about control, but it's about our cooperation. To be filled with the Spirit of God requires at least two things of us. And this is what I want you to think about this morning as it regards your life. To be filled with the Spirit requires two things of us. Openness and emptiness. Openness and emptiness. And I want to use these two jars over here to illustrate what I hope to share with you this morning. And I haven't run through this, so I hope it, it makes sense to you. It does to me in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Now i got to hopefully... I have two jars here. And these jars represent the lives of Christian believers. Men and women who have accepted Christ as Savior, okay? They've prayed the sinner's prayer, although we'll, that's another discussion. And now they hear for the first time, maybe, as Paul was talking to the Ephesian believers, have you received the Holy Spirit since you first believed? No, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Well, I'm asking you that, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Yes, when you were born again, the Spirit of God came to live inside your heart. 
but now I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand what all that's about. Well, look, two Christian believers here. Some aren't even open to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They've got the lid on, baby. I got what I want right now. Good to go. Got my ticket punched to heaven. Why should I want any more? They'll never experience more of the Holy Spirit until they take the lid off and, and become open. Become open. You get that? There's some people sitting in this room. You're, you, you're, you're, not, you're not real sure about this control thing. You like life the way it is. Until you're willing to take that lid off, God can only get so much of His Spirit into your heart. Some of us in this room, our lives are filled with all kinds of stuff. And there's only so much room for the Holy Spirit because we've got so much other stuff in our hearts. Anger, lust, greed, pleasing people. Now, He'll fill in the cracks where He can, but there's... Guess what? I could fill this all the way to the top. And it still wouldn't be filled with the Spirit, would it? I could fill, God could fill your life all the way to the top. But your life still wouldn't be filled with the Holy Spirit because you got so much junk that you haven't let go of yet. Maybe it's greed. Maybe you need to get the greed out of your life. Confession, repentance. Maybe it's anger. Maybe you are just struggling to forgive somebody and the Holy Spirit's been talking to you. You need to let that go. You need to help, let me help you walk through that, uh, that process of forgiving that person that hurt you, but you're not, you're not willing to, so he can only fill yourself. You, this, this, is this making sense? Emptiness and openness. Some of us have theological hang-ups about the Holy Spirit. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've had some bad experiences in the past. Some of my... I don't want to go into all of it. <laughs> I've seen some foolishness done in the name of Jesus when it came to being filled with the Spirit. And so I've got, I've got a cap on mine. And that's why I wanted to go through this series because I needed to learn how to take the cap off. Because I've only let the Holy Spirit come so far in my life, you know? That's good, Lord. That's good. Don't want any more than that. You know what? It's time for me to take the cap off. Because I want this. This is what I want. This is what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I hope that's what you want, too. You see, this isn't about tongues. It's about control. If he wants me to speak in tongues, I'm going to speak in tongues. If that's what he wants me to do. If he wants me to keep my mouth shut, I'll keep my mouth shut. If that's what he wants me to do. If he wants me to dance all up the front of this room and back and forth and do a Jericho market, you know, the guys don't even know what that is. <laughs> if he wants me to do that, I'll do that. But if he wants me to sit still in my chair and not move a muscle, I'll do it. I want him to control me. I want him to control me. I want him to overflow in my life. 
I want, <laughs> when trouble comes and somebody tries to knock me over, I want the Holy Spirit to come pouring out. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's what I want. But I got to take the cap off. And for some of you to experience that in your life, you're going to have to start dredging the depths of your heart, things that don't remain. You got to start pouring it out. You got to start pulling it out, naming those sins one by one sometimes. That's what I love the steps. I love the steps for that very reason. It makes you address the issues in your life that keep your life all clogged up with things that don't matter anymore. The only way you can be filled with the Spirit till your overflow is to be willing to get rid of this stuff. Because this stuff's killing you. This stuff's going to turn to poison in your life. This stuff is going to keep you from achieving your potential. It's time to get rid of this stuff. Clean your, let the Spirit of God clean your heart out so He can fill you till you overflow. You get that? It's not about tongues. It's not about, this is about an everyday, moment by moment, continuing experience with the Holy Spirit. Letting Him have control of your life. Letting Him have control of your life. That's what this is about. It's about our cooperation. Our cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Lord, do in me whatever you want. It's an act of surrender every day in your life. I just want to be filled by you. I want to be control, controlled by you. I want my responses to be, to be controlled by you. I am tired of living in my flesh. I see the destruction it's bringing to my life. Take control. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Glorify yourself in me. That's what being filled with the Spirit is all about. It's about cooperation. Are you open to the filling of the Spirit? It won't be just a one-time experience. It happens on a Sunday morning. It's got to be an experience that's made completely brand new and fresh tomorrow morning. Hear me? Are you open to the filling of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to let God fill you with His Spirit? Are you willing to give Him control of every area of your life? And are you empty? Are you empty? Or are other things already controlling your life? And are you willing to let those things go so that God can fill you with His Spirit till you overflow? To be filled with the Spirit is really as simple as that. It's about cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It's about letting things go so that He can have His way in you. It's about surrendering your life to Him moment by moment so that He can fill your life, work through you and, it, excuse me, and in you. Do what He wants to do. We have to be open and empty to be filled with the Spirit. It's about control. It's about cooperation. The third thing that it's about, as we made these observations about this little verse, is this. It's about contact. Three C's, easy to remember. Can you say them with me? Control, cooperation, and contact. Control, cooperation, and contact. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, it may be said without qualification that every man is as holy and as full of the Spirit as he wants to be. Let me read that again, because I want that to, to just press in on your heart. It may be said without qualification that every man is as holy and as full of the Spirit as he wants to be. He may not be as full as he wishes he were. I hear a lot of wishing going on. I wish I didn't struggle with that anymore. I wish that didn't bother me anymore. I wish I was able to let that go. 
Stop wishing. Start wanting. But he is most certainly as full as he wants to be. You see, I'm, I'm convinced, I am convinced that the Spirit of God is available to fill every believer continually, constantly, moment by moment. I am convinced that is not only God's plan for our life, it's his will. That's what he has determined to do. And if God commands it, if, that's, if that is the will of God, then he will graciously give us the means to obey it. You see, I, 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 I sit in too many, I, I have these conversations with myself, so I'm not trying to throw anybody else under the bus, but I, I sit in too many situations where I'm talking to people and I hear in their voice, I wish this were different, but. I wish it weren't like this, but. Don't you understand when you say that word, but you have already limited the ability of God to work in your life? Do you think God's not able to make that different? Do you think God's not able to heal that relationship? Do you believe God's not able to free you from that, that addiction and that life control? Come on! We're the ones that seem to say, I'll let him go so far but no further in my life. Thank you very much. Maybe that's why we keep hitting that same wall over and over. He's already won the victory, right? We sing it. Do you believe it? We are as holy and as full of the Spirit as we want to be. God has given us the means to obey Him. God has given us the victory already. He makes us more than overcomers. Greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. The Spirit is always available to us who will ask and receive. I want you to think about it this way. When we think of the word contact, I want you to think about it this way. The Spirit's always there. Always there. It's a matter of plugging in. Every electrical appliance that you have bought comes with a troubleshooting guide. What do you need a troubleshooting guide for? When things aren't going right. When something breaks down, what do you do? Well, you get that old manual out, and you look up the troubleshooting guide. Well, guess what the number one item in virtually all those manuals is? Make sure you're plugged in. Some of us have lost contact with the Holy Spirit. We pulled the plug. Or maybe we never checked it to begin with. And there are areas of our life that stay broken because we won't plug into the power that's available to us to overcome. You hear me? Contact. Stay in contact. Stay in contact with the Spirit of God. If you want to live a Spirit-filled life, you're going to have to stay plugged into the Spirit. And how do you do that? It's just ABCs, guys. Man, it's really simple. I say the same thing over and over and over again. I'm going to say it to you again. If you want to stay in contact with the Spirit, then you need to stay in the Word. You need to stay in prayer. You need to stay in fellowship. If you want to stay 
in contact with the Spirit of God, you need to stay in contact with His Word, with His presence, and with His people. We've seen it happen. Come on. Have we not seen this happen again and again and again? It gets a little tiring after a while. And some of you could stand up and share the testimony about when you lost contact with the Spirit of God because you stopped getting in the Word, you stopped praying, and you stopped staying in fellowship with people. And you know the outcome, don't you? It's painful, it's hurtful, things just stopped working because you disconnected yourself from the power that's available to you in the Holy Spirit. You've got to stay in contact, consistent contact with the Spirit. All right. So my question here today, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And if you'll come back up, I want to worship the Lord. I do, I'm going to ask also the staff, the pastors, Brian, Michelle, uh, John, and Diane, uh, any, the elders, I think Bill's here, Jenny's here, I've seen her, uh, Steve. I want you guys to come up front. I just want you guys to come up front and stand up front. Now, here's, here's the reality, guys. The, the people coming up front, including me, need this message just as much as anyone else in this room. Because we have a tendency at times to disconnect ourselves from the Spirit and try to do things, live life without the power of the Spirit, without being filled with the Spirit on, on that ongoing basis. So there's nothing special about these people. But there is something unique that happens when we begin to pray for one another. When two or three people agree on anything, God says it will be done for them. So they come up here not because they're specially anointed to pray with you to be filled with the Spirit, but they come up here as vessels who also need to be filled with the Spirit. And as they pray with you, God is going to fill them as they pray with you. It's amazing how that works. When we give out, God begins to give in. As we give of ourselves, God begins to give, give it back. But we're going to worship the Lord as the service comes to an end. And if you're in this room and you realize that you're not as full of the Spirit as you want to be, you're not as controlled by the Spirit as you need to be, that your experience with the Holy Spirit is kind of out of date and you need to get plugged back in, then I'm going to ask you to respond as we worship together. Come up here. Let's pray together.